Chapter 27 of Lives of the Most Remarkable Criminals, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andrea K. Lives of the Most Remarkable Criminals, Volume 3, by Arthur L. Hayward. Chapter 27 The Lives of Robert Drummond, a Highwayman and ferdinando shrimpton a highwayman and murderer robert drummond was the brother of james drummond whom we have before mentioned he had formerly dealt in hardwares and thereby lived with some reputation in the town of sunderland nobody ever dreaming that he went upon the highway for money but it was not long that he continued even to put this mask upon his villainy but on the contrary gave way to his wild and debauched temper and committed a thousand extravagancies which soon created suspicions and occasioned his being apprehended on suspicion of a robbery this clearly being made out at the ensuing assizes he was thereupon convicted pardoned and transported but he soon found a way to return into england and grew one of the most daring and mischievous robbers that ever infested the road the multitude of his robberies made his person so well known that it is wonderful he should so long escape especially considering the roughness and cruelty of his temper he never using anybody well firing upon any who attempted to ride away from him and beating and abusing those who submitted to him he drew in as has been said before his brother james and deserting him when pursued and in danger he was the occasion of his death it was also suspected that shrimpton and he were the persons who committed those robberies for which noland and westwood were executed however it were he continued for a considerable space after the two shrimptons and he robbed together committing sometimes nine or ten robberies in one night until they were all three apprehended and william shrimpton became an evidence against them ferdinando shrimpton the other malefactor was a person well educated though his father was one of the greatest highwaymen in england he the father lived at bristol and behaved in outward appearance so well that he was never suspected but unluckily one evening some constables coming into an inn hastily to apprehend another person his guilty heart making him afraid that they were come in search of nobody but himself he thereupon immediately drew a pistol and shot one of them dead for which murder being convicted he readily confessed his former offences and after his execution for the aforesaid crime was hung in chains as for this unhappy man his son he had been bred to no trade but after his father's death served as a foot-soldier in the guards and eked out his pay by taking the same steps which his father had done before him never any fellow was of a bolder and of a more audacious spirit than he and after he had once associated himself with drummond they quickly forced william shrimpton who was ferdinando's cousin to commit one or two facts with him and afterwards he would never suffer him to be quiet on hounslow heath it seems shrimpton robbed a man of a horse a silver watch and some money 
the man applied himself to shrimpton when he was apprehended begging that he would find a way to help him to his horse again shrimpton promised he would and for a guinea was as good as his word though the gelding was worth fifteen pounds but for his watch nothing either was or as they pretended could be told about it but that was only for fear of disobliging the pawnbroker where they had sent it for shrimpton afterwards upon the owner sending thirty-four shillings by his wife had it again though ferdinando was very much disobliged that he received but half a crown for his trouble drummond he and his cousin being seized william turned evidence against them and at the ensuing sessions at the old bailey shrimpton being indicted for the murder of simon prebent mr tyson's coachman and robert drummond for aiding and abetting and assisting him they were both upon full evidence convicted as they were also convicted for a robbery on the highway on mr tyson after the death of the coachman they were a third time indicted together for assaulting robert fernal on the highway taking from him a watch of great value a guinea and a half some silver and a whip together with some other things of value they were also indicted afresh for assaulting jonathan cockhoofs on the highway taking from him a bay gelding value nine pounds several roasting pigs and pieces of pork etc of all which they were found guilty the fact being as clear and as strong against them as possible under sentence of death they behaved themselves with great obstinacy and resolution refused to give any account of their crimes but in general would say that they were great and notorious offenders as to the fact committed by noland and westwood they would not positively say it was done by them though they could not deny it only when pressed upon it drummond would say in a passion what would you have us take upon us all the robberies that were committed in the country this was all that could be got from him even when he was at the point to die and the wife of nolan earnestly begged that he would tell the truth as he was now entering into another world and the owning or not owning of those facts could no ways prejudice them as to the barbarous murder committed upon mr tyson's coachman it did not seem to make the least impression upon their spirits shrimpton by whose hands the man was killed never appeared one whit more uneasy when the sermon on murder was peculiarly preached on his account but on the contrary talked and jested with his companions as he was wont to do in a word more hardened obstinate and impenitent wretches were never seen for as they were wanting in all principles of religion so they were void even of humanity and good nature they valued blood no more than they did water but were ready to shed the first with as little concern as they spilt the latter inured in wickedness and rapine old in years and covered in offences they yielded their last breaths at tyburn with very little sign of contrition or repentance on the seventeenth of february seventeen thirty drummond being about fifty and shrimpton about thirty years of age End of chapter 27 Recording by Andrea Kay